Good morning, Sean. Good morning, John. In the last couple of episodes, we talked a lot about our personal experiences teaching at that high school that we used to teach at together, (laughs) which is a (laughs) cumbersome way to refer to it. Yes. Um, yes. So, and in the last episode in particular, we talked about our experiences with the pep rally, the weekly Mm -hmm. pep rally, and this idea that we had and all that. And one of the things that we focused on was our role, as we've discussed uh, several times in the past, uh, our role as agents of the institution, right? and the teacher's role in general as an agent of the institution and how this can come into conflict with the relationship that you have with the students, which a lot of times for us anyway, and and we assume for lots of teachers, seems to be a relationship where you're trying to liberate them from uh, something. (laughs) (laughs) You're trying to to, to liberate them, period, or or at least recognize the potential of liberation uh, so that wherever they feel hampered, they can see that uh, their agency is is already present. It's not on the horizon. It's already present for them to explore and um, experiment with. Right. And and in this, we are in this, we were sympathetic to Mr. Keating in Dead Poets Society, which we reviewed and his effort at uh, Welton Academy to liberate his students. And so this has been a recurring theme for us. Right. And, And this one reason I think we bonded as teachers and colleagues was because we both felt pretty strongly about this, that that the kind of default state that a student is in, in a conventional school, in a conventional education system, is not conducive to fulfilling their full potential as an individual in, in a lot of cases, and for different reasons. And I think what what we also bonded on this is that at its worst, it amplifies uh, problems that a, a young person might already have. So, you know, you right. expect a person to be experimenting with their agency anyway, uh, and when the school you know, shuts that down, then that, well, that can be really oppressive to the spirit or it can make the spirit lash out right. in, in, in really unfortunate ways for, for everyone around. <laughs> Which, right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, and I'm thinking about melody here, but yeah, it's just one of those things where uh, agency of the child needs to be managed with equanimity and <laughs> reality, and right, uh, and I think that's that's where I felt like we really bonded. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think as a as teachers in the classroom, you you get a direct experience of this, and my because you know, like I've talked about in the past, my experience was that I felt like there was a really productive and beneficial relationship and interaction I could have with my students as their teacher, you know, ways that I could help them in their development in that particular subject that we were studying, which was English, which has to do with understanding text, analyzing them, writing. And like we talked about when when I was talking about uh, preparing them for the AP exam, that right. the fact that we were preparing for this exam and there were these external expectations and pressures kept me from actually being able to provide the environment where they could discover themselves as individuals who had ideas to express you know, or, or real reactions and, and responses to the other ideas that were out there and engage in, in uh, these actual conversations that were going on. And that was frustrating to me, you know, because I knew that that was more important than doing well on this exam. But the fact that that structure was there about exam scores and getting the college credit and having things that look good on your college transcripts, that actually stood in the way, right? So there's a lot of situations where the structural, the structure of the institution and the incentives that are there and the disincentives really determine and shape your relationship as the teacher with the student. And we've talked about in the past that the optimal relationship, you know, we can imagine that an optimal relationship between teacher and a student would be where the student comes to the teacher already valuing what the teacher has. 
has, right? Not because of some external pressure to value it, but because of some interest that they have in it or curiosity about it, or they, they see that they have a real need for it, right? Not because they're going to be held accountable for knowing it through some kind of more artificial structure. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's like, uh, uh, I feel like part of what we're uh, after here is is the restoration of the credibility of adults, yeah. For, yeah, for yeah, young people. I like that. Yeah, yeah because it's, like it's, there's so much of there's so much of uh, young people just creating their own resources and their own groups because adults are so reactionary <laughs> to, to yeah to, to every not everything but to and, and adults want to control uh, the 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 process by which a young person grows up. Uh, I think these are right. um, yeah these are these would, are things yeah. that that I, I think you can see it so so much clear so much more clearly when you've gone through it and you've been that agent of the institution. And if you have resisted that for some reason, if something doesn't feel right about it, right. I think yeah. the thing that yeah. doesn't feel right is is that you're dealing with other like there's a real recognition that that uh, young people are full human beings already they're not becoming right, yeah. full human beings right yeah no that's great like really uh i would say that when i was dealing with teenagers in, in high school as their teacher in those moments where i knew that what i was doing was being an agent of the institution that's when i had doubts about my own credibility right, right? like you know they own the the question of whether these students should trust me or not really yeah and and i think you know i, I like what you said about restoring the what did you say of adults restoring the uh the credibility the credibility yeah restoring the credibility of adults and and i think adults here are really you know it's this is this even goes beyond the relationship between like young people and adults because adults here are a stand in for authority and it's it's a it's a restoration of the credibility of authority really yeah. just yeah. in general yeah because i think my initial assumption and, and feeling is that authority is a is important right like authority is not a bad thing it's not a bad dynamic in society for some people or a person for example in in a different in a relationship to have some authority Right. Like someone with who's more knowledgeable, more wise, who is able to understand, understand the situation, the overall situation better. That person should be deferred to a lot of times when it comes to decision making and, and uh, use of resources or whatever. So authority is is a is a beneficial concept and idea and, and practice recognizing authority. But what I always felt like is school ruins this. You know, it it, yeah. it it basically makes you feel like that this this very idea of authority is a corrupt idea. Well, <laughs> I mean, when you say it ruins it, you mean like it ruins it from the, the standpoint of the child. Or, yeah, it ruins or it. As in, what I mean by ruin, yeah. What I mean by ruins it is is its authority is a like a concept in human relationships that has that's beneficial, right? It has a it has a, a right. potential benefit in the right. in the interactions between human beings. And so what I mean, but it it relies on trust. Right. It relies on on some idea that that this authority is not just a, a ruse for exploitation or right, or right. oppression or, or, or injustice. But what school, you know, I think in my most at my most cynical moments, what I feel like is is school teaches children that authority is is an arbitrary imposition. You know, it's 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 an arbitrary wielding of power over others. Right. Right. Yeah. And that it can be completely questioned and undermined for without any examination really just because it's arbitrary. right that it's ethical yeah this is like cheating yeah. right yeah cheating is not a not a moral problem in a lot of cases you know a, a student doesn't necessarily feel that they've been immoral by cheating right if they feel that they're in a system that is unjust to yeah. them right yeah. and now i want to get to right before we started recording you had a kind of harrowing experience <laughs> <laughs> 
So, and which is which we, you know, we kind of related to these these themes. So I wanted to ask you about that if you could talk about what happened to you. Well, I mean, the <laughs> the experience is not at all harrowing. Um, <laughs> You're talking. <laughs> Trying to sell it here, Sean. <laughs> what? Oh, sell it. Yeah. So maybe. Uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll give the the full story. So uh, I, you know, we wake up early for this, and I was going out to get a coffee, uh, and I went to the car. So so right now I'm not in I'm not in my house. I'm in a, a rental house because mm-hmm. our house is having some work done to it. Yeah. So as far as I know, I'm the most anonymous person in the neighborhood. My family, we're just like keeping to ourselves in this little house. Right. And. And so uh, I get, you know, I get up this morning for the, uh, for the recording and I you know, walk outside, get in the car, go, go get the coffee. And I come back. When I come back there, the, the house has been minimally toilet papered and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, wow. Like that, how many rolls? How many uh, rolls? Not even a roll, not even a roll. Yeah. Like there, mm-hmm. so there's like a big line of crepe myrtles along the driveway at this house and they yeah. got to like one of them. And then there was just <laughs> right. some like random uh, toilet paper strewn along the highway and the highway the driveway and and i was like this wow this is bizarre and so i thought for a second i was like i wonder if i didn't notice this when i left but then i i was like certain of it i was like no no because of where i was parked i would for sure have seen it when i got in the car so uh, so I've, i've i've imagined that what what's happened is is that i've i've i came back from the coffee shop Yeah, (laughs) in in the midst of their and the crime was in progress. uh, Yeah, of the pranking. Yes, it it was it was in progress, and I must have uh, scared them off. Yeah, you know which, (laughs) which is not at all harrowing when you're not even aware that you're. (laughs) (laughs) But but but, you know I saw it and and you know I see toilet papering like I, I it's funny it's like if if I were in high school. And yeah. someone pranked the house, like my family's house. I would get mad, like like <laughs> furious about the the injustice of this pranking <laughs> right. because I was such a like a nice person to everyone, and it would have been so confusing to me. Uh, and yeah. uh, or I would like blame my older brother for his his dubious relationships that he <laughs> <laughs> that he maintained. <laughs> but but as I like as I've become. I feel like so tempered. Probably everyone can who's heard previous episodes. Like maybe one could argue I've been extremely tempered by the the teenage uh, spirit. So I, I came in on this, and I immediately imagined like this is the work of, of teenagers. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm imagining like a certain age group that's you know probably even with precision that is is completely questionable, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but. But I'm imagining like these uh, these kids, and I and I thought like, man, I wish I would have caught them. You know, I <laughs> I wish I could have <laughs> yeah. rolled in on them and like got them in the headlights and like frozen them. It'd be you know because if you, if I catch them in the driveway, they wouldn't be able to escape and or not easily. Um, but but <laughs> right. I, the reason I wanted to catch them was so that I could like completely defy their expectations about how a person would right. react to this, um, and maybe right. to defy my own expectations. Uh, about how my right. younger self would have acted, um, because it's yeah. such a, a you wanted a, you wanted a teaching moment to, to have I, that teaching I, moment. I, I wanted a teaching <laughs> moment, but I'm not even sure for whom <laughs> at this point. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> I, I think I, 
you know, so much of what I do is I try to approach uh, teenagers with uh, with a an appreciation of their existence. You know, start with that and like make that of high importance, and then get to get to my thing, <laughs> whatever it is that I want to talk about. Yeah, right. But for sure, my imagined conversation would have been along the lines of like, "Do y'all even know who I am?" <laughs> and, and, and like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but obviously they. Uh, you could tell them about the podcast too. Right, right, right. I would. I <laughs> as I did when I was buying a car. I used that as a moment <laughs> to talk about the podcast. <laughs> so yeah. so they're like, so do we need to negotiate price? I'm like, you know what? Let's not negotiate price. But why don't you listen to my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, so, yeah. Yeah, so so unfortunately that didn't happen and uh and so I spent like the next couple of minutes cleaning up toilet paper for some house that's not mine that I was TP'd <laughs> right. for reasons that are completely unknown to me. Yeah. The you, you speculated that maybe it's because it's a rental when people think of rentals as like uh as bad for the neighborhood, you know, if, Sure, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it does say like in the rental uh, it's like sleeps 20 and it's like a 2000 square foot house. <laughs> <laughs> it's like and there's beds right. everywhere. So <laughs> Right. So it could I, be I used as a party house or something. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I could understand that once you started uh, putting that uh, suspicion my way but i'm sitting here thinking like oh i'm an i'm like an upstanding citizen of dallas and i got a nice little family we keep to ourselves yeah clean up the toilet paper before sunrise even (laughs) right (laughs) yeah but what was interesting like what we were talking about is that and you know like you you uh, alluded to is that your impulse or the the fact that you felt kind of you missed an opportunity to talk to these kids has a lot to do with the fact that you see your you know that of your role as an educator right Right. That it kind, yeah. of, it, it's, it kind it's, of makes you approach these situations differently than a, than a civilian would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it does feel like uh, it feels like anytime I have an interaction with a young person, it feels like I feel like there's I have a responsibility to yeah. that person to make sure that they get everything out of this <laughs> situation that they can. <laughs> right. And, right. Yeah. Uh, and and so yeah it's it's for sure like it always goes right beyond the walls of of the school uh being a teacher um, yeah. and and i especially have enjoyed the uh, I, I i'm titled dean at my school but uh, students always call me the principal <laughs> which i feel like is like a <laughs> bit of a bit of an elevation uh beyond what <laughs> right <laughs> beyond what my title is intended but but certainly uh, that it's been uh, it's changed the the character of my interactions with young people in the wild you know i've always <laughs> yeah. I've always had it as a teacher as well. Once I yeah. started to really think about what it is to be a teacher, but but now this extra this extra authority that I have is is really uh, fun to wield and especially to use to defy expectation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have a I've had experiences uh, similar, or at least you know I can say that I've experienced that feeling many times, and right, then I've right. had some you know a few experiences where I actually had the opportunity to intervene in uh, situations going on in the wild, as you say, which is as opposed to. Kek- <laughs> The captivity of school, I right, guess. Right, right. <laughs> like one, you know, just briefly talk about. It. I hadn't thought of this until you know we were talking about your experience this morning. My my imagined experience. Let's point out that. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> this, this wonderful imagined interaction I had with, with these, these teenagers yeah, is right. totally imagined. Basically, it was your it was your longing to have that interaction that, that right. 
reminded me of a, <laughs> right, <laughs> of a right. situation that that I that I had, which was I lived nearby, like really close to the alternative school of our school district. Yeah, and right. and and it's the school where kids who are in academic <laughs> trouble or also disciplinary trouble. I think there were two separate programs actually. One was for those students who needed to work on their credits for graduation, right. and then in that same kind of building or complex, there was you know classes for kids who had been suspended too many times or whatever, and then right. This this is the school where I where I got into a fight. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't. Did we record? Did you talked about that before? No, I just I teased it, in... it. I just teased it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So this also is, has to do with a fight that I observed happening from the the driveway of my house. <laughs> you know. So I was <laughs> I was getting ready to to drive to you know to work. So I lived about two miles away from from our you know, our high school, <laughs> the high school where you and I used to teach, which was a public school. So I was getting ready to go to work. So I was, all, you know, I had my teacher uniform on. <laughs> I was dressed right. up like a teacher, and I also had my uh, name badge, which you know, which was a picture ID that that we had to wear. <laughs> district employee. Yeah, it, I was a dis- it was clear, you know, it had the name of the district and stuff on there. And so I was about about to get into my car to drive to work, and I just looked across you know, the way there, and I saw uh, I. I kind of had a view from the front of my house of the the side of the campus, right. right? You know, there was a parking lot back there, some, you know, exit side exits of the school, you know, like schools typically have. And there was a group of kids, so these are teenagers, gathered around in a sort of formation that doesn't seem like a normal... <laughs> You know, formation, right. right? A more kind of circular thing, like there's something going on in the middle yeah. of them. And I, so I looked and I saw that there were two students kind of facing off in the middle of the circle. And they might have even, I don't remember exactly that they had started, you know, they might have been fighting. I think at this point, they were probably just like standing, you know, facing off. Maybe there were some shoves back and forth or something like that, but it wasn't like a full on fight. And my reaction to this was like some mixture of a feeling like, okay, I should do something. Someone should do something, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm here and I see it's happening. And it's, you know, I can be over there in a, less than a minute and break up this right. fight. But there's something added to that, which, you know, which which I was reminded of was that I felt like I was the man for the job. Like, I really <laughs> felt like this was my this was my right, moment, right. you know, <laughs> that I was fully equipped. So this was also at the height of my development as a teacher where, you know, I had passed the point of uh, I had gotten to the, the stage in my teaching and approach to students where I was seeking partnership with them in the classroom. I told them, you know, I don't want to be a prison guard. I don't want to be someone who's just coming and using their charisma, which I don't have <laughs> to charm you. So I thought, really, this is a chance for me to apply my theories about interacting with, with unruly teenagers. And so I went over there and it was pretty easy. I don't think they were that serious about fighting because by the time I got over there, which took another, you know, maybe 30, 40 seconds, they still hadn't started fighting. So I, I actually drove over there. <laughs> so I parked, got out of my car and I was like, hey. You, you drive know. into the middle of it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they were standing off to the side of the parking lot. And and uh, so, you know, I, I don't remember what I said, but I said something like, hey, you know, stop it. <laughs> or something. <laughs> and, and they stopped. And, you know, and then I told the group, I said, you know, go go to class or whatever. But I told the two guys who were about to fight, you know, I was like, you know, stay here. So and then, you know, my idea was I'm going to say something to, you know, really transform these, these young men's lives. Right, right. And... <laughs> I don't think I really accomplished that, you know, but I, I did. Yeah, my whole mission was to to give them a different idea yeah. of like, like you were saying, like like how an authority figure would respond to right. this, which my kind of go to way of doing that it was kind of to say, like, first to acknowledge their point of view. So, you know, I probably said some things like, you know, you guys 
have been sent here because you probably got in trouble at your schools. And like, I know it's kind of like a prison sentence. You know, anyway, I just kind of talked about their situation, like showed that I understood to some degree their situation and then tried to say, you know, it probably ended it with something really cliche like, but this is not the way, you know, to solve your problems <laughs> or something like that. But yeah, the the interesting thing about it was, was now when I look back on it is to what degree I was doing this as an agent of the institution and the school district and how much I was empowered by that and how much I was, you know, doing it as a how and how much I was doing it as someone who just had a personal or individual concern about right, it. Right, right. So anyway, yeah, it's just a really interesting dynamic and I, if I weren't a teacher, I don't I don't know, I may still have done the same thing, but I have you know, a lot of reason to doubt that because I don't think I would have developed an approach right. to this kind of yeah, well, <laughs> no, that's that's so tough. Like, like that's such an awkward position, and it's it was probably so weird for them to be called out by it. Like you. <laughs> You'd be recognizable <laughs> as a district employee, but they'd have no idea who you were. Right. Yeah. And um, and yeah, and yeah, those interactions never quite go like you imagine they could go. As the, you know, <laughs> right, you come right. rolling in as the enlightened teacher, like you're gonna like all <laughs> right. of a sudden in the in a moment deliver a hundred percent credibility that they can trust you, and then you're right. gonna be able to give them in. Like like the first, <laughs> if, <laughs> if if you don't have the credibility, <laughs> it's hard to say anything that they're going to even register as like not just a, right. a district employee trying to get them to behave. <laughs> but right, yeah. <laughs> like it's really this kind of fan- fantasy of the um, what was the thing on TV like the after school after school special or like like uh, some kind of made for TV moment right 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 yeah. <laughs> where you where you go in and have this like impact on on these young people's lives it's a great, and it's it's a bold so it's a bold move too and and for sure I can say that like I I I understand that move. I would not have done that prior to being a teacher. Like, I, well, I don't, hell, I don't know yeah. if I would have done it <laughs> if it wasn't my campus. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I, wow, that's that's a, t- that's a weird one because it's like there's already a, an authority. There's already a structure in place over there. And so I think I would have been pretty hesitant to, to put myself in the middle of another school's uh, um, hierarchy. Right, yeah. There was, there was a moment moment where I wasn't sure because I, I thought, uh, you know, uh, like, you know what I think I, I told myself is I, I, I'm going to drive over there and hopefully by the time I get there, someone right. would have intervened. <laughs> right, right. Right. But if, if by the time I get over there, no one, still no one has seen that these kids are about to fight and no one has tried to stop them, then I'll, because you know, there was, there were no adults, you know, or teachers or uh, employees of the school in sight at that right. time. Uh, so yeah, definitely. Like I was hoping, you know, it, it wasn't like I was like, they, you know, I hope no one intervenes before. <laughs> I get there so I can be the one to do it. <laughs> it wasn't like that. <laughs> it was more of a, yeah, it was really like a real sense of duty. Like, okay, I can't just drive away and go to work seeing that, <laughs> you know, there's a fight about to happen over there. This reminded me of another, let me, let me just say this really quick, but it's, this was more like, I think maybe my first year of teaching or maybe second year of teaching. And it, and it was really a different kind of situation. And I didn't, uh, this was a different kind of situation and I didn't act on it. And I think because it was potentially more dangerous, which was, this was like my wife and I, and our, I think, two children at the time who were very young. Like one of them might have been a year old. The other one was was just like, you know, like an infant, like newborn. And we were living in this apartment complex. And this was like in a different city from the school, right? And so it was totally disconnected from the school district and the school and everything. Uh, and I would just commute from there to, to work. But there were some kids in the apartment complex, like teenagers. And I observed them from like the window. We were on the second floor of the building. 
and from the balcony a few times, <laughs> like consistently, seemed like they were trying to start up some kind of like fight club or something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like they were out in the parking lot. There was like three or wow. four of them, so it wasn't like the movie. Yeah. You know? But but they were they were really like throwing serious punches at one another. But it it, it you know I could tell it wasn't a serious uh, fight, right? But they were actually fighting. So uh, but it wasn't like you know like a real disagreement or something. It was like for sport. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so you know I saw that and I thought like. But that that emerging teacher self of me, like I think a non-teacher, like if I hadn't been a teacher, I wouldn't say like a non-teacher. But if I hadn't been a teacher, my thought would just be to call the police. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> <You know>? obvious. <laughs> uh, right. But because I was a teacher and I had already started to kind of absorb some kind of image of myself as someone who has a responsibility to intervene with young people and affect their lives somehow, like I did, it, I did consider like going down there and saying like, hey, guys, <laughs> this is not a good thing to do, you know, kind of just like reason with right. them. Right. Because I knew the approach wouldn't be to go down there and say, hey, stop it. You know, like that was not <laughs> you know, that was not my place at all. But I, I thought, like, let me go talk, you know, talk to them and help them realize how destructive this is right now i didn't do that i don't think i called the police either i I think they kind of stopped and so i was just like okay let's just wait and see right you know if they (laughs) if they really insist (laughs) insist on this (laughs) you know (laughs) but anyway yeah but that was i I think that was the first time that i you know i i I said to you like uh, you know i felt like i wasn't a a a civilian right right? right. like if we compare you know like there's teachers and then there's like regular citizens you know civilians and in this way it like i think the only the other profession that i could imagine having this kind of reaction to that would be a cop right right? an (laughs) off-duty off-duty police officer who would have much more right you know and probably obligation (laughs) to do something (laughs) teacher (laughs) and can we should probably also point out that a a police officer might also have a more uh an idea of how it could unfold badly because we're sitting here talking about yeah I could have rolled up on the teenagers this morning and I could be like bleeding on the curb now. (laughs) It's like we have this like. Yeah, we have this idealized, we have this idealized, you know, vision of the interaction of, yeah, like the teacher and the the students. Yeah, yeah. Which which I'm I'm sure a police officer would would have uh, some other scenarios imagined that would keep him safer. Right. <laughs> our our approach right. is to yeah, express full vulnerability right right away. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because that's how we're going to gain the credibility we need to even be effective at all, right? Right. Right. Because without that, like, we're no one. And we, that's what we understand. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess, you know, the to make it clear what's the connection between this and what we've been talking about is is that this is this is related somehow right like uh, it's not I haven't thought through this enough to to say exactly how but it's related to being an agent of the institution it's like you're you're deputized somehow right with some kind of like responsibility and role and authority but that's one one aspect of it but then another aspect of it is really that interest and and desire to just on a personal level have you know a positive effect on young right. people right like a positive Positive influence and and also you know I think it what another thing that comes from it is is this and this is the more like self-centered or sort of like uh, yeah let me just go with self-centered but not not in the normal not in a, the meaning of selfish but more like focusing on yourself right aspect of it is is like I will you know just confess that that a lot of my motivation to do that is the feeling that if someone else does it they won't do it the right way right right <laughs> in, including a police officer <laughs> yeah right which is <laughs> which like, is totally unfair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
arrogant and and like a type of hubris that that you know maybe someone would say you know like when you end up bleeding on the right. curb maybe you got what you deserved for your for your you know being so naive and ignorant and idealistic yeah. <laughs> right yeah but, but you know this also points to but this is where the like I think the the broader restoration of credibility needs to come in because there's so many times and I never understood this comment, but I, I think I understand it in the context of this conversation. These people and I know you've heard people say this like, oh, I'm just not a teacher. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't right. do that. And I imagine thinking about this, what they're they probably have a really vivid understanding of all of the things that are involved in being a teacher, not just. Yeah, uh, imparting yeah. your expert knowledge to someone else, but all of these other things. And when you think about it in terms right. of these other things, like, yeah, there's a lot of people who I think rightly say, I'm just not a teacher, but it's always been frustrating to me because I've always felt like, well, you don't have, there's not like a trick, right? <laughs> all you have to be is, right. yeah. is like willing to do the thing that you're doing in front of young people who are interested in learning to do the thing, right? So, so right. don't, you know, don't overthink it so much. But, uh, but, I, but I imagine right. that it's because, you know, they've gone through the experience of being in school, they get the sense of the, you, you, the deputized authority, right, that, that is imparted on teachers, and they don't want any part of it, you know, and, and, and yeah, yeah, who exactly. Blame, who yeah. can blame them? <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, I agree with you. Like one way to take that, like someone saying I could never be a teacher is they're saying I don't have any instructional skills. Right, right. Right. (laughs) But I don't think that's what people normally mean. Like you said, they're talking about that other, those other dimensions of being a teacher, which also, yeah, is, is frustrating to me because I don't particularly feel that, you know, I was, I had those skills or those talents either or that necessarily that anyone does. But I feel like there's something that you have to work on and and, and try to acquire and try to build in yourself. And and I, I think, you know, this also may sound kind of like I'm so impressed with <laughs> with myself as a teacher or something. But maybe I'm not I'm not saying I'm a good example of this. But but the experience that I had of trying to be, you know, that I've had of trying to be a good teacher is the experience of trying to be a better human being. Yeah, I guess that's that's how I can put it. And yeah, I always felt that whatever my failings as a teacher, I've always felt that whatever my failings as a teacher in these other dimensions, besides just giving instruction, are the failings of of myself as a human being, being able to interact positively with with other people who who don't come to you in some kind of perfect, pleasant, you know, state that's going to be uh, easy for you to work with, right? They come with their problems, with their misconceptions, or also, you know, you as the teacher, you also come with those things and and the teacher creates many problems through their own ignorance and, and wrong attitudes and things like that. And so the teacher is the one in that situation who, here again, it has to do with the authority of the teacher. Like there is a real authority of the teacher when it comes to, I could say, the word that comes to my mind is purifying, <laughs> purifying that the environment of those things, right? Like on the one hand, absorbing the the wrong attitudes of the students to, you know, and, and, and trying to overcome those. And then on the other hand of diagnosing and identifying the wrong attitudes and, and misconceptions and ignorance of the teacher himself or herself. Yeah. And ma- making sure that that it's not polluting the environment. Right, right. And what I wanted to say is, I would say like everybody can do this, or they should do this. And if that's what 
what's keeping you from being a teacher, then (laughs) sounds so like absolute, but that's what's keeping you from being a good human being. (laughs) Right, right. It's not even about being a teacher. It's about, it's about interacting with young people appropriately. Uh, I mean, like if just, if society, if societal wide, uh, we had adults who were uh, more interested in engaging and meaningful discussion uh, with young people. And that's not to say instructing them really at all. And because you, you sort of mentioned this idea that you mentioned that a person might read it as I don't have the instructional skills to be a teacher and Right. And I think people do think of of it that way, but the, but they're they're mystifying like teaching first of all, right? Which is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's how does a baby learn to talk <laughs> within right. a couple of years? I, I mean, it, it's not because there's a sp- careful curriculum in place, uh, right? You know, right. it's just it's, right. there's no <laughs> there's no mystery. I mean, actually, there's quite a mystery to it right. on the learner part of it. That, uh, <laughs> right. It's not like some mysterious technique that's being employed by the by the teacher. Right. And and, and so I think people are, you know, sometimes referring to that. But uh, when they're referring to that, uh, I, I think what they're doing is, is they're, they're creating this space in society where there's certain people who interact with young people and there's and, and then they don't have to. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And 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 what it does, I I think, is it. And and then what you see, and and this happened. Oh my god, I'm going to go on a bit of a soapbox. And you get the people who come in as like full grown (laughs) professional success stories who are like, time for me to go teach. (laughs) And then they go in and they effectively (laughs) try to brainwash the, the the children. To see the world as as yeah. they saw it because they were so successful, and I've seen this so many times. Right. It's, it's 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 unnerving, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. But uh, and so it's like uh, they're like, oh, okay, I guess I should be a teacher because I'm so successful. I should give back to the community, and right. then they come in with like these massively biased political views or these really simplified <laughs> right. ideas on the world, and and it's like. These are things that are happening because people see young people as well. One, <laughs> you you can certainly brainwash someone, but but they don't see that. You know, a lot of times yeah. people don't see it that way. But but it's because there hasn't been a meaningful relationship built up to them. Like these young people have perspectives and they have thoughts about the world right. yeah. unfolding in front of them. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I, I would put it like that: a teacher, right? And this is those three styles of teacher that I would introduce to my my class really gets to this too because because these three you know i said that there's one who charms yeah. one who you know controls the students through charming one who controls the students through threats of force you know or, or bribes so basically through force and then uh then the third model that i would propose to them is a partnership right right and and these are three ways of wielding power, basically, and wielding authority. So, like the teacher, like like in my mind, the good teacher is the one who who seeks seeks that partnership, who doesn't try to charm, you know. Meaning, and what I mean by charm is is sort of override the the reservations or or I don't know, kind of default attitudes of the student, yeah. you know. But to just kind of like get them to look away from that, you know, it's either through entertaining them or or whatever. But but kind of like you take them into an altered state, <laughs> right? That when they're out of that state, they don't. Don't think that way, right? But you get them into that state while they're in your classroom, so they go along with what you want them to do. Or you know, you set up some kind of system of, of punishment or reward to to get to get them to comply. So, but the good teacher, in my mind, is the one who respects this. These are these are two ways of of having a lack of respect for the student, the charming and and the force. So, like what you're describing is you know someone who wants to come in and charm the students, right, and wield power that way. Or some there might be people who want to 
come in and dominate the students. And you know, I think we see a lot of teachers doing that, or there are te- plenty of teachers doing that. But the question of whether that's why they got into teaching or not, <laughs> you know, maybe is a different you, question. Yeah. Well, the, the, but <laughs> let me quickly describe the 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 standard from the successful businessman or something who comes in and is a teacher. Yeah, is, right. is he can cut through all the BS. Of, of schooling, right. uh, he knows what people are after. People are interested in making money and being successful. And he's going to n- never right. talk to you without uh, recognition that that's what your uh, ultimate goal is. And he's going to cut through any sort of yeah. like ideas, big ideas that you might have as a young person and say, like, it's a waste of right. time. <laughs> anyway, so I don't right. know if that falls. <laughs> right. I mean, you're right in the sense that's like sort of snake charming, but I feel like there's something a little, uh, <laughs> I think with the snake charming, I feel like there's at least some recognition of the perspective of the snake. <laughs> yeah, well, what it is is like, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, the way I see it is is getting the snake out of its, yeah, it's, I can see how, you know, because I would say like getting the snake to act in an unnatural way, right. you know, a way that's not natural to the snake. But yeah, I could see that from this teacher's point of view, he's actually bringing out the most natural behavior uh, in the students or something that's like what, that. That's what, yeah, that's what he thinks. I, I think you're, you're, you're right. right, but it's still natural for the snake to just bite the person <laughs> that's messing with right. them <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but what yeah what, what i was gonna say is that that what i mean by you know like what it takes to be a good teacher is is to become a better human being yeah is in the sense of like to to learn how to wield power or or be an authority in a way that respects the person that you're you know you have authority over right or that you're you have power over that person or or like at least the situation is set to give you power over that person right and and how to do that responsibly and in a way that does doesn't discredit the very idea of authority, right, or, or power. Yeah. Because that's really what's at stake. And and that's how, you know, I would think of it is the way that I interact with these students is going to teach them about authority, right? It's going to teach them about what is what happens when one person is given some power over other people. Yeah. And so that responsibility of, of showing that that person who's given that that power can empower those other people and say, here, let's share this because it, it'll be to your benefit to to have a, a share of this. And the more you can you can take on, the better. Better it is for you and the better it is for yeah. me, right? It's not in my interest to, to hold on to this and to dominate you. Uh, but but then also to just be honest about the fact that there's that there's some risk for me. <laughs> in doing that and that there's a mutual responsibility in that relationship and yeah and it's something that we all as individuals have to to participate in and engage in and it requires a certain amount of trust and and practice and experience and then hopefully we can actually experience the potential of what the teacher-student relationship could really be and i want to keep going back to adult (laughs) young person as as well Uh, although i think we're in danger of guruism at this point (laughs) maybe because i keep trying to stretch (laughs) to to an impossible scope but yeah i mean not like i'm yeah i'm 100 with you but i mean the the alternative so i mean exploring the 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 alternative a little is is to is to presume that you know what's best for these young people and that they don't know what's best for them and that they would be at a loss without your authority and and that if that authority is not very firm and clear about what it's doing then that the young person is uh, certainly lost in society. Well, you know, I agree with the yeah the first part of that, which is that the young people do need the the older person. Yes, they, right? they yes, do need yes, someone to yes, help them. They do. Right? Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, 
but, but and they know that too, right? Like everyone knows yeah, that. It, everyone it's built knows in. that. I agree. It's built in. Yeah. 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 So the question is, what is that adult going to do with this? And, and it's funny too, because like if you think about like the, the standard wave of people talking about young people now, right now, which it's like there's there's sympathy in it. It's like, ah, I can't believe, what would I have done if I'd had a phone, you know, growing up? Like, I can't imagine the world that these kids are growing up in. And so yeah. there's a recognition of like this, this basically alien experience of youth for the adult, which none of us, like none of us can imagine what, like, I mean, we can imagine, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say none of us can imagine, but none of us have experienced it in such a way right. as they have. And, but somehow you'll hear that but then on the other side of it, you'll see the action of like, well, you better do this, this, and this because that's how you get on in the world, right? right it's like yeah. there's this recognition, but there's not a follow through. There's just like this uh, adults, I think adults feel like they're supposed to have an answer. And so they manufacture one in the absence of an answer. Right. And and just, you know, I think more honesty uh, there would be more appropriate, which is just, for example, you know, message more like this, which is telling them, yeah, you're dealing with a lot of things that I don't have experience dealing with, right? Like I can't use my own right. experience growing up to understand a lot of the things that that you're experiencing and you have to that are you know challenging your own development but here's what we're going to (laughs) try you know for example right like uh here's what i think we should do but for that underlying assumption to be there that that this is it's experimental for example you know not uh to put the focus on the intention of the adult on what the adult is trying to do rather than on the content of what the adult you know the content of the adult's knowledge like 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 as if they know the answers and i would say the same thing about about schools, like one thing that frustrates me in education is that I've been told, you know, that one of the worst messages that you can give uh, as a school is is the idea that you are experimenting, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> and because parents will take that as, oh, you know, so my my ch- my child is just a guinea pig for your experiment. Right, huh? right. What if your experiment, you know, your hypothesis is a complete failure? But I guess the reason that appeals to me, that that level of transparency appeals to me, is because that's what it really is, <laughs> you know. And and like if you don't start with an acknowledgement and a clear I, a clear understanding of what's really going on, then you're not going to have any useful expectations about the result, right? And it's not to say, you know, experimenting in, in some kind of, you know, as if you have nothing to go on, right? You have no reason to have the, the hypothesis that you have. Right. But that's still, the, still, the idea is that you don't, you know, a school doesn't know for sure that the way it's doing things is going to, you know, lead to the maximum amount of success or potential for the students. Just if, at the very least, for this very reason, if, if a school has been doing things a certain way for 100 years, like Welton Academy and Dead Poets Society, Right. That doesn't mean that that same way is going to work right now. Yeah. Because the conditions are changing. Right. right. right? Like you just mentioned. Like, and so the yeah, like the hubris again to bring it back to that idea of of an institution to say like we know the way to do it because this is how we've been doing it or you know such and such really successful school is doing it this way you know and when it's a kind of concrete uh, method and curriculum like everything about it, it when they say like we know how to do it it's not talking about you know an experimental approach <laughs> right like we. Know know that to to be successful you have to experiment right like no it's not saying that it's saying like we've experimented yeah. we've come to these conclusions this is how you do it and we will be successful right this is a lie <laughs> it's at least deceptive yeah it, you know and then it's like there's uh <laughs> it makes it sound like there's no consistency
consistency. But obviously, yeah, there's <laughs> there's some predictable patterns. But but right. it is the human spirit is being constantly. Well, first of all, it's so there's so many your manifestations of a person's. Uh, individuality. I mean, you're always having to account for that. And then the context is constantly changing. So, right. so yeah, I think a lot of it in terms of the hypothesis, it's even hard to articulate at times as, as what exactly is the experiment? Yeah. Well, I, you know, <laughs> I, I would get pretty uncomfortable with, with answering that clearly, except that except right. to say that like, well, it, uh, the experiment is to trust, <laughs> trust that the that the child <laughs> yeah. has a better sense of understanding how he or she will succeed, uh, right? The, well, or like you say, we assume these principles, right? Like this some set of some set of principles, yeah. and the experiment is that we're hypothesizing that this is the way to apply these principles, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, you know. But yeah, it's it's there's so many unknowns, and that's I, I guess that's why I would prefer to emphasize like the credibility of of the school or the educator or the teacher should be in their philosophy or their like, you know, statement of, of their approach and intention of like, this is what I'm going for. Like, this is what I'm trying to do. You know, for me, yeah, I guess for me as a, as a parent, if, you know, if I have a teacher for my child that says, I use this method, right? Then I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe that'll work. Maybe it won't. But like, but if they say, this is my philosophy on teaching, like this is, this is my approach to it. This is what I think, uh, you know, an education can, can result in, you know, it has this potential. Uh, and this year I'm going to try this, <laughs> you know, and see if it's possible to, to achieve that. Then I, that's something I could, you know, think is a worthwhile, uh, thing to participate right. in. Yeah. Right. And a good thing for my child to experience. Yeah. I mean, that just might be a personal preference of mine. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, but I think that's inspiring for people i mean it's just and the the nice thing is is that parents like the <laughs> however cynical life might make a person parents the place where they oftentimes reserve uh, quite a bit of belief is for their kids i'm i am starting to feel like <laughs> i'm starting to feel uncomfortable in the guru position that i that i'm sensing that we're putting ourselves in so yeah what do you mean by the like what describe the the guru well i, I feel like now and this is a lot my fault so this is mainly i've gone t- too yeah. far down this path of like oh now i feel like i'm advising like all grown-up people <laughs> how to talk yeah. to young people <laughs> oh about the yeah like yeah, yeah. Like what? Okay, so what would you say that? What are what are you advising? What have you gotten yourself, or what's the situation, the guru situation that you've gotten into? Well, in terms yeah, of the, well, the 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 guru. No, it's it's not the. It just feels like a position of like, oh, now if you know if anyone has a question, you can just come talk to John and Sean, and it's like, <laughs> and it's right, like yeah. my yeah. Well, <laughs> my yeah. standard like answer to almost any like young person situation is is like, well, like, yeah, I don't know, like let's talk to the kid. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's that's not a guru, you know, that's well it it is I guess in in the in the sense of like Yeah, but then once you know, you I've run into plenty of young people who uh, d- defy my expectations everywhere, and I and I can't figure out where to uh, uh, where to latch on, where to build a relationship. Yeah, so yeah. that that's what well, I'm saying. It just feels system. like I'm 
I, I feel like I'm walking down this path as though I've, I've found this path to total success. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. We should clarify that. that <laughs> that's not where we're, I'm not. Yeah. Like uh, I think there is there is some success that I would claim uh, or, you know, or some understanding that I would claim to have gained. And I would I would uh, recommend to other people to, to to consider. Right. I wouldn't say that it's, you know, like absolutely or whatever. But but I'm sure enough about it to to recommend it to people, which is that the simple kinds of solutions that are normally proposed for problems that that kids are having like when it comes to education stuff like that of course there's lots of problems that kids can have but when it comes to things that are related to school and learning and all that uh, when it comes to those things that a focus on the you know the young people as human beings uh, you know who who need agency just like other human beings need agency who you know like I guess maybe I put it this way is is that look at yourself and your own experiences and see to what degree do you like being controlled Right. Or like if someone is is is, you know, micromanaging you or whatever, how good is that for you? How good is that for your productivity and your flourishing and your self-efficacy and self-actualization? Right. And if you if your answer is like it's not very good, then the same thing applies to that young person. Yeah. Right. They're not different. I, I, I guess that's my that's my theory <laughs> is young people are not essentially different when it comes to these these things. Sure, they have less knowledge. They have less experience. There's lots, you know, uh, maybe emotionally and and socially they're less developed whatever that means exactly physically they're definitely less developed so they're not the same as adults but to a much greater degree than we normally give credit for they are the same as as adults in the sense of they know that they're indi- that they're individuals they know that they're living a life and they know that there's something unproductive about being controlled <laughs> You know, from their right, point of view, right. there's there's something like it's not helpful about right. that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah it, it is funny how how we lose sight of that with uh, with young people. Just just imagining, you know, what <laughs> what would work for you in this situation. Right. I mean, and it happens. I, I think because culturally, it's so I think widespread to just be corrective without uh, sensitivity to the perspective of the young person. I, I mean, I I find myself, yeah. and I think it's also like it's. it's it's a it's a regression to to like least amount of energy required. So you know right. even after these years in education, I find myself and in fact it, I find it easier now to be lazy. I guess because I'm older, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, like I'm getting closer <laughs> right. to death, and so right. I'm trying to conserve yeah. some energy. And I feel like well. Uh, the easiest yeah. thing to do is to just like uh, I'll just suspend this student and like I'm not gonna think about it. <laughs> right, right. Like move towards the seeing the world as you know, or your choices as less complicated right, right. rather than yeah. more more complicated. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I think there has to be a real resistance to that. Yeah. Yeah. It wears you out. Yeah. It's it's like tiring. <laughs> just like any hard work. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And I've been I've been so tired this year with COVID and all that. I've just been like telling the kids. <laughs> I don't know if this is a good idea or not. I mean, like, uh, y'all, 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 I'm glad y'all are excited to be here, but I'm so tired, guys. I can't even like. <laughs> no, I think that. Yeah, I, I think that's fine. But there's definitely a lot of educators who would who would tell you that that's a that, <laughs> that's a mistake. Yeah, yeah. I think it. I think I. I think you have to be careful about how honest you are, for sure. I think this is uh, yeah. this is a uh, the COVID year has made has forced everyone to realize how complicated things are, and the, and so then the fallback right. position yeah. is oh, well now now I want to go to like simpler things now now if a, a situation arises I want to like fall back on these simple simple solutions which yeah, yeah. yeah because I'm already like maxed you know, out like, on I the just, complexity yeah. of the educational. 
educational environment. Right. Yeah. 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 But I just want to, uh, I don't know, I, this might just start another topic that we have to like continue later on. But I think the the people who would criticize you for, for being that honest about, you know, I'm tired and I'm you know feeling unmotivated and things like that to the people who you are uh, leading, they would say that this is a bad, you know, this is not good leadership, you know, is, is what they might say. And I think that that's, this is my opinion, which I may change later on. <laughs> but I think that uh, that conception of leadership is based on the idea of you're leading people who who need you to provide the energy, right, right, for what for the work that they're going to do, and that's the typical model of the classroom, right? The teacher, yeah. either through inspiration or through you know threats or promises of reward or or whatever, some way injects some energy or motivation into the students, gives them a reason, helps them have a reason to to go forward with the work that they have to do. Which, of course, there are some situations where a leader needs to do, to do that, like if the you know the the rest of the group are demoralized you know they're giving up they're losing hope and things like that but at the same time like you can imagine i for me it's it's really clear that that there's a power in the leader saying look i'm not going to try to make you do this right like cuz that's another way of the like w- that's another way of taking what you know that kind of that level of honesty right <laughs> right which is like i'm glad you're here but let me tell you about my situation which is basically saying like i don't have the energy to try to force you to do anything right, right? and then for the like the one really possible reaction that the the, the other group members, you know, or the students in this case could have is like, oh, don't worry. You know, we we are motivated enough, you know. Yeah. Let's do yeah. this. Right. And to me, that's m- a much better <laughs> way to start. Yeah. You know, well, and then assuming that assuming that they're not. Yeah. And it, it is funny. It's like uh, yeah, I present it. First of all, I appreciate you uh, taking this like example that I give that is uh, <laughs> potentially <laughs> potentially a bad decision and making it out as though it's a good decision. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but for sure it's, it's like so helpful uh, when you get a group of students who are just excited to be there, you know, they're just like, well, we're just yeah. happy to be here. You're like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, that's, that's a normal situation. That should be the normal situation. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's not, then it's there's something to, wrong it's with It's hard to yeah. get them there. Yeah. It's, it's hard to get them there in a school. And I think, I think at a small school, I think in, you know, class by class, you can do it. In a small school, you can maybe do it more universally. But yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. And it and you have to overcome these massive uh, cultural expectations about school. That's why I'm saying like like a school, or I've been saying, you know, I've had the position that a school is a type of gathering of human beings yeah. that's unlike most <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, yes. like even you know your your summer camp experience, yeah, right, which you mentioned before as as the sort of early experiences that that made you realize that teaching would be something you would you would enjoy doing. You know, like it's not like anytime you gather together young people, the motivation for that for being in that gathering is coming from somewhere else. It's like external and imposed on them, right? And now, like the only way you could assume that is like young people don't like to learn. <laughs> right. That's why they don't that's why they don't have that in school, because they don't like to learn, which is very easily falsifiable. Right. <laughs> that young people don't like to learn. So anyway, like, yeah, just uh, I, I think that's something unique about school and it's unique in a in a negative way. And, and that's one of the things that that should really motivate motivate us to to critique the structure of school and, and not just like it's a really like a, a sign of dysfunction. Right. That, that that's not the norm, because normally when you gather people together for a purpose, I think I mean, Maybe, you know, here's the like, a claim that I'll make. <laughs> Normally when humans gather together for a purpose, they're all motivated to some degree to, towards that purpose, right? It's not like, unless it's a, a coerced, you know, like a forced 
participation. Right. But like most things are not forced participation. You mean like in adult society, like things aren't typically. Uh, well, a lot of things are, you know, like work and school. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, yeah. And prison. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> like yeah. The, why do these three things have, resemble each other? Right. Right. Know, so much. No, it's, it's a great point. <laughs> You're, yeah, if you want to make a, a gathering of human beings more positive, then then it needs to be voluntary. Yeah. Well, I think that that gives us something that maybe we can launch from for next time. All right, Sean. Again, we we dove a little deeper into these topics and themes that we've been discussing, and we've opened up a lot of you know other things. So I look forward to talking about those. So thank you for joining me again, and we thank our listeners for for joining us. Yeah. Thanks, John.